Hi friends. This week I went out to the foothills because we've had some lovely weather and I wanted to see some of the snow melting. While I was out there, I found some very noisy birds. So, let's go for a drive. The blast of sound set my ears to ringing. I had my long lens focused on a trio of sandhill cranes on the opposite side of a pond south of Chain Lakes when one of them took off. After a short run into the wind, it spread its wide wings and lifted into the air. At first, it looked like it was headed to a broad, willow-filled meadow just over the rise, but after a few flaps, it changed course and came flying right toward me. Sandhill cranes make a truly unique noise, and once you've heard it, you'll never forget it. Imagine, if you will, the ululations of a loon combined with the honk of a Canada goose. Add to that the cackle of a raven and the low-end wonk of a trumpeter swan, and you have the basic sound. Now run that through a neck as long as a child's leg for a bit of amplification, and you end up with a blast that can torque the tension of a tympanic membrane from miles away. Those high, low, and mid-range frequencies create vibrations in the air that you can feel as well as hear. When it comes echoing across a valley, it is one of the most unique wild sounds that nature provides. When it comes from 20 feet directly overhead, it is one of the most painful. It was so nice being out in the foothills on such a glorious day. The sun was shining from a nearly cloudless sky. A soft breeze was wafting warm air across the fescue pastures and fallow fields. Mama cows and calves were relaxing in the sunshine. Horses were swishing their tails. Bees were bouncing off the windshield. Okay, that's a bit tragic, but at least it was warm enough that they were out and flying around. I come out this way, south of Longview, hoping that I'd find snowmelt running down the coolies. Last time I was out this way, just a couple weeks ago, there was still plenty of snow. So I figured that on a day that was promising to be the warmest since last October, I'd find water running everywhere. And there was. Sorta. The Stimson Creek Valley was pretty full, the water in the creek a muddy gray, but the side coolies weren't churning very much at all. Upstream at the little tributary trickle that comes out of the North Dam at Chain Lakes, the water was nearly clear and well within the banks. The sinuous meanders reflected the blue sky overhead while mallards swam in the current and blue herons stood along the shore. There is a more runoff in the beaver meadows up near the headwaters and I would have liked to explore a bit more up that way, but the road was awful. Anywhere but the middle was mucky and the shoulders were so soft that my wheels sank whenever I pulled over and stopped. I only went a few kilometers before turning around again and heading back down toward Chain Lakes. Chain Lakes itself was still ice-covered, but there were several ponds around that held ducks, geese, and pairs of trumpeter swans. Deer nibbled on the fresh shoots of green grass at the edges of the snow patches, their shedding coats as shaggy and brown as the grass around them. I debated, just for a moment, taking the turn down the Willow Creek Valley from Chain Lakes, but hesitated because there was so little snow down in the valley that the runoff streams I'd been hoping for would likely be non-existent. So I kept going south, and just beyond the South Fork of Willow Creek, 
I turned west again. When I was last here, I don't know, maybe three months ago, this valley was filled with snow. And as I gained elevation going west, the snow started showing up on the sunny side, too. Ice still covered a lot of the beaver ponds up here, but the willow catkins were in full bloom. They had been in bloom the last time I was up here, too, but that was just one extra bold clump of willows. Now they were all sporting their fuzzy little flowers, and throughout the narrow valley the creek banks were lined with a silvery fringe. The wind had picked up considerably here, but the day had warmed even more. Hoverflies buzzed among the willows, and I saw one of my first butterflies of the year blow by. Robins bounced among the aspens, and a red-tailed hawk perched among the red-stemmed willows. And runoff was tumbling everywhere. Snow was melting quickly now, and even in the scant hour I'd spend in the valley, I could see where new channels had formed across snow patches, and slabs of ice I'd noticed in the ditches had disappeared. I stopped by a culvert I'd passed on the way up to shoot a picture across the ice I'd seen, only to find that it had broken up and swept away. And down the road from there, water was starting to creep across the gravel that was dry on the way up. Well, if the runoff was happening here, it was probably going strong in the next valley over. So I took the next turn north and found the cranes. Such magnificent birds. They look superficially like blue herons, but they're half again taller and, frankly, far more elegant. Their legs are long and spindly and their tails look like the bustles you see on pictures of women from the late 1800s. They have a bright red cap on their heads, which, combined with their regal bearing, makes them among the most handsome birds around. There were six of them, a mix of adults and their previous broods, and they were poking around the edges of a pond looking for things to eat. On the pond itself, geese and ducks paddled around or wandered on the ice, and I could hear them talking over the roar of the wind. But loud as they were, they were nothing compared to the cranes. Every once in a while, a couple of the cranes would just stop, throw their heads back, and let out that amazing warbling yell of theirs. Even from a good 300 meters away, it drowned out the geese and ducks and knocked back a good chunk of the wind noise, too. It was just after one of these conversations that one of the cranes took off and flew towards me. It started calling as it flew, and it got louder and louder as it approached. I tried desperately to keep it in the viewfinder of the camera, but I lost it after a couple of seconds. Taking my eye away from the camera, I looked up just as it flew directly overhead. Maybe I startled it, or maybe it just had a rhythm to its calls going, but for whatever reason, it let out a trumpeting blast right as it passed over me. It was so sudden and so loud that I flinched back into the truck seat with my eyes squeezed shut. My ears felt like I'd been slapped on the side of the head and I was momentarily deafened. My ears were still ringing as I drove on down the road, but at the next meadow over I saw cranes far off on the other side, a pair of them a kilometer away at least. Stopping to photograph some lovely willows, the tinnitus tingle just starting to subside, I heard the cranes yelling again. So I swung up the lens for a look. There they were, heads thrown back, the sound reaching me a second or two behind their actions. Yeah, they are that loud. I cut back east now, following the south fork of Willow Creek across the Porcupine Hills. Meltwater ponds cut the reflections of aspens they surrounded, 
while bluebirds and robins tumbled along in the breeze. Horses grazed on a hillside just starting to turn green while new sprouts sprung up along the tumbling meltwater streams. I stopped for a moment on the summit between the two forks of Willow Creek to look down on the valley below. Brown grass dotted with cattle stretched to the horizon. Puffy clouds, pushed by the wind, marched across the evening pale sky. Meltwater streams meandered through the low spots on the valley floor, filled by snow still visible among the trees on the slopes slowly succumbing to the sun's power. I heard meadowlarks and robins flying by, and geese, uh, there's always geese, my ears finally back to normal after the crane's assault. Man, those guys are loud. But no matter what the decibel level, they are one of the most wonderful sounds of spring. Dust trailing off behind me, I rolled on back to town. Mike Drew on the road, April 24th, 2020.